time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier and Chris Marno. On this week's episode, Jay and Chris are joined by co-host from the Morning Magic Radio Show on Magic 106.7 FM in Boston, Sue Tab. Jay, Chris, and Sue review the 1990 American romantic comedy film, Pretty Woman. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your Film Crickets are on now. Who's this Chris guy they keep mentioning? <laughs> I was honestly I was waiting for my name and I was a little disappointed it wasn't there. Yeah. Uh it was uh, thanks to the last minute fill in uh it, it, that's what we get. We get the uh, the other names uh, thrown in so uh well welcome everybody. My name is Jay Fortier. I'm along with my good friend uh who is who is he, dude Thank you beyond belief. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, last minute today, I learned this morning that uh, Chris can't make it because in the process of moving, he did, he discovered that he had double booked uh, this time with uh, teaching a class. So he was like, I can't. I can't Oops. let the people down. So last minute, I texted Ray Ozier, and who, who has been in the guest role many, many times. This is his first time yeah. being the fill-in co-host so thank you so much ray my pleasure it was really early i think when you texted me so i was still disoriented from you know just my morning routine and what i do the morning show from five to nine but i really don't wake up until 9 30 10 o'clock yeah so i hear you that. caught me at the right time yeah. you, you know that too right i do yeah. i know that whole routine it's like oh wait there was a show <laughs> exactly nine o'clock i'm ready to go wait up oh, i'm off the yeah. air uh, these are big shoes to fill. I, I know Chris is, you know, he does the synopsis. He does all this stuff. I am not prepared at all. I didn't even watch the movie today because I did not want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. <laughs> yes. I've I, I've dated oh, enough on. women. How I know, many but times I've dated have enough seen women. Pretty Woman. We have all many seen it times. So many times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's still fresh in my head. Yeah. Well, that voice you hear um, is our special guest. Uh, that is Sue Tab. She is from Magic One Hundred Six Point Seven. Uh, in the morning. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, Sue. I know this is weird for me. Like this is afternoon. I'm usually like (laughs) sleeping or (laughs) something by now. Right, right. But I get to do something fun. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great. By the way, great choice. Great choice. This is going to be (laughs) a fun one. Yeah, I was happy that you actually gave me the choice of movies. I thought you might kind of poo-poo the whole romantic comedy thing. Not at all. Um, But this is a good one. I'm excited. Right, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, and so so many ways this movie could have gone that the stories are um, are amazing. If you know some of the fun facts, mm. like this wasn't supposed to be a romantic comedy, right? right. So th- there's a whole conversation right there. Wow. Right. I'm so. It's one of those things. You know, Disney gets involved now. Disney sometimes getting involved, it, it's like a mixed blessing. Like you, like it could be awesome, and. It could be bad. Like, no, in this case, it was awesome. Uh, in them getting a hold of the Muppet Christmas Carol, and just ask Chris. <laughs> he, they took bad. a song away from there, like right in, in the DVDs called um, The Love Is Gone, which by the end, you have a song called The Love Is Found. It was never gone. How, right. how could it have been found? <laughs> right. So, uh, but they, they put it back. But it's like, the point is... They ended up, I'm glad they, they got a hold of this because it is, it is the ultimate feel-good film. It totally is, and yet it kind of like goes against all reason. Like this is a a movie about a prostitute mm-hmm. <laughs> who falls in love with a millionaire. And, you know, it has the fairy tale ending. It checks all the boxes. But like if I had read the script, and I know a lot of, 
a lot of actresses turned the role down of Vivian that eventually went to Julia Roberts. But if I had read it, I see why they turned it down, because it seems so kind of ridiculous and predictable. But I think what saved the day is the chemistry between Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, because it was just so believable that these two had this real affection for each other and you just kind of go with it and and by the end you're just like oh it it just yeah it's it's the ultimate feel-good movie I totally agree yeah I think um their relationship was really special off uh, screen as well as on screen they went on to make more movies they well at least Runaway Bride yes um so so that connection I think really helped and the fact that Richard Gere really didn't want to do it no. You know, that kind of kind of played into his character a little bit. He was a little bit more subdued. It was like, all right, let's just get through this. And that was sort of his character. And then um, uh, Julia Roberts being a newbie, the two of them combining and learning from each other, I think really showed on screen. Yeah. She was 22 when she did wow. that movie. By the way, I have a 22-year-old daughter. So I'm just <laughs> like, what? She was 22. I think he was... 40? 40? I think, yeah. I think now that makes me feel old right now. Yeah. That then he was only 40. Yeah. I'm coming up on mm-hmm. 50. And I still think that everybody in the whole uh, realm of time has always been older than me. Right. Even Richard Gere must have been 70 during that right. movie. But no, he was younger now, than me now. Now, there was a big age difference <laughs> between them. And, you know, I think they took kind of a risk because, well, Julia Roberts had done Mystic Pizza by then, I believe. Yes. She was very young, so that was, I think, a few, good few years before that. Yeah, I think it was 88, and I think this one was 90, and I think it was 88, Mystic Pizza. So, But, I mean, this one, I think, really blew up her career. Mm. I, I mean, Mystic mm. Pizza, she got noticed, and then this was like, boom, she was all set. But I had read something that they wanted Meg Ryan to do it. She turned it down. Daryl Hannah turned it down. They said Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, all of these A-listers turned it down before Julia got it. Same with Richard Gere. He he went kicking and screaming, as you said, Ray, but... Albert Brooks was considered for that. Oh, Al- so really? Yeah, Albert Brooks, Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously all the leading men from back in oh, that day. God. But um, yeah, I can't imagine anybody but the two of them in that movie. Molly Ringwald was considered. I, I saw that. Wow. I'm like, that's weird. No, I mean she's cute, but not in the way th- there was just not prostitute cute. <laughs> <laughs> not hooker turned prom- princess cute. <laughs> All right, prostitute hot, and then there's just you know, hot hot Molly Ringwald. Well, here's yeah. the other thing I read is that they superimposed. Mm-hmm. Julia Roberts' head on somebody else's body for the poster. Yes. Yeah. What was wrong with Julia Roberts' body? I know. I'm like, so glad you asked that question because I. Hello. When she's walking down the street in the tight blue outfit while she's um, got the Carol Channing wig. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, she was. She, it was her reference, though. So. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm going. I'm not seeing somebody that deserves a body double. Right. Like, I was just, I, I can't get my head around why they would have done that. I mean, she was she she was 22. She was beautiful. And I mean, she still is. She also had the body double when uh, her head is covered by a pillow at the beginning. You know, you don't, oh, when really? you don't see her yet. Oh, when she was in bed, right? Was she yeah. half nude? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read that as well. Yeah. So, like, it's just odd. Like, it's not like, it's not like someone you go, oh, I see why. <laughs> right. I, mean? <laughs> I think she was only 22, very young in the business and probably very shy. I, I guess. I think. 
Yeah, maybe it was her her choice. They said that she was really nervous during the sex scenes with her and Richard Gere, that she like broke out in hives and that she like her veins were like popping out of her forehead and her neck. That and makes I was sense, like, though. I could sexy. That yeah. makes sense. It does. She's a kid. Hmm. Jay, do you want me to read the uh, IMDb synopsis? Sure. sure. As Chris uh, does. Yeah. Okay. A man in a in a legal but hurtful business needs an escort for some social events and hires a beautiful prostitute he meets only to fall in love. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and by the way, it's, not a great it, synopsis. Right. But. It's always like a one sentence uh, IMDb synopsis that we read to oh, see if okay. it, it captures what the movie's all about or not, and it kind of falls short there. That falls. Short but it's it's because it's so much more complicated than that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Julia Roberts, Richard Gere, as we mentioned, uh, Hector Alonso. I um, I just uh, lost my place here. Gary Marshall directed it, who we lost recently. Um, here we go. Jason Alexander was in it. I forgot Jason Alexander oh, God, was in it. Oh God, that's uh, right. He's the creepy lawyer. Yeah, uh, Laura San Giacano was in it, and I love scrolling really far to the right to see. If there's any uh, big actors now. Oh, Hank Azaria. Azaria. Azara? Mm-hmm. Hank Azara. Um, he got his start pretty much on that movie. Just played a, a small role. Yeah. He and was, Larry uh, Hankin. Larry Hankin played the upstairs neighbor on Friends. Remember the weird guy with the oh, long right. hair? Yeah. Character actor. Great character actor. He was in it as well. And um, that's, also, I think that's well, all Well, I, I think also the... Um, uh, Ralph Bellamy playing uh, James Morse, the guy who uh, Richard Gere is trying to buy the company off of, the mm-hmm. old man. It's really um, oh, La- yeah. Larry Miller as well. The comedian Larry Miller was in the movie. So when Jason Alexander played this role, mm-hmm. was that prior to Seinfeld? Yes. Or concurrent? G- I feel like uh, ninety. I think it was when before. did Seinfeld start? Eighty nine, ninety. Oh. I don't know. You know, uh, so that's weird because talk about okay. two completely uh, different roles. Yeah, and yeah, and Pretty Woman was ninety, so so they shot it. It probably was right at the 89. start. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. try. Wow, well, no kidding. So Seinfeld's just a little bit prior. So imagine that. I mean, talk about playing two opposite roles at the hmm. same time. He's George Costanza, who's like like the the village idiot. <laughs> right. He plays unsure of himself yeah. for the most part in life, and then. Philip Stuckey, who's crazy, like, you know, like full of, uh, right, you know, like basically embodying every aspect of people we hate. Right. I got to say, Gary Marshall, thank God he did this because he, he puts this, this spin on this that just makes it, I don't know, like it's, you could just hold it. Like, you know what I mean? You could reach out and grab it. It's so, Mm. um, it's, it's tangible it's unbelievable how he came up with the the I, I love the shots this when when he leaves the party when richard gear leaves the beginning party to go back to the hotel he takes the lotus esprit i love the lighting i love what time of day mm. that they're shooting it's like dusk and you really mm-hmm. feel like it's a summertime dusk like it really puts you in that summer mood then that amazing song starts up uh, king of wishful thinking by go west it's so good, and they're showing like the bird's eye view of, um, and you know you're in the '80s, or, or, or I'm sorry, yes, it's 1990, but it's still '80s-ish, um, yeah. Because you see Bo Jackson, a big giant billboard <laughs> of Bo Jackson up on a building, 
<laughs> it dates it. It really dates like, it. He's, yeah. got foot, he's got football pads and a, uh, a baseball bat under his arm. There he is. Um, so, but like, it's really great. Like, and that's when he obviously gets lost. And you hear, did you hear Gary um, Marshall's voice? No. no. He's the homeless man that you, you don't see him because he's not playing the, he's not there. But like, he's, he, it's his voice that goes, he, when he goes, can you tell me how to What's get to Beverly dream? Hills? He goes, yeah, yeah. That's Sylvester oh. Stallone's house over there, um, which is great. You know, so funny. It's just well, the that. contrast too from uh, from Richard Gere's world to Julia Roberts' world is very distinct. Wow. Uh, once they go to the streets and what's what's your dream? What's your dream? And they show Vivian's world. Um, I love the difference between that. Mm. So when the worlds do collide, you're like, oh, this isn't going to work out. These are totally different people. Mm. And Gary captured that well. Right. Yeah. And I like, though, that he had the whole aspect of, like, he doesn't just save her. She saves him, too. She gets yes. him to relax. She gets, you know, they're walking. He's walking barefoot for the first time. He he takes a day off of work. Um, and so, like, it sort of shows that that he's just not swooping in and saving her. Like, they're both sort of moving She's moving away from her life, and he's kind of, you know, moving a little bit away from his, at least the sinister part where he's trying to just make money. Well, yeah, I think yeah. the character arc for him is actually bigger. Yeah, I would agree. Because there's points where you you could sit there and watch it and go, oh, boy, really, like, you know, misogynistic. You know what I mean? Like with the, yeah, I didn't like it. You know, when she was talking <laughs> to the other guy, like that guy, David. Um, yes. And he's like, I didn't like it. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, all right, dude, you're the guy we know. You know, like it's like, you know, which is not something that would. But I think the reason that can still hold up, even though we'll get to all that later, it's OK because he gets, you know, he changes. It's it's cool because he gets he get he asks her for directions and she decides to show him per, by in person, which is just it's the chemistry is great. Mm hmm. Mm. And I love, as you pointed out, one of you did earlier, that he kind of underplays the role. Like he he's very understated. But the way Rich, only Richard Gere can, I think, because he can really he has a very expressive face. Mm. And so just the way he looks at her in the movie is just like melts your heart. He has like he kind of squints his eyes and just a little slight smile and, and won't even say anything, but you're like, oh, okay, he's falling for her. Like, it's just very subtle, mm -hmm. but it works. Yeah, and I think if you uh, if you really pay attention, you'll find that he falls for her very early in the movie. Yeah. Right, but then... More so than she fell for him, I think, because she's on her guard and he's really got nothing to lose. Yeah, good point. Yeah, but he's also afraid, I think, to make that a reality like like he can't admit it to get too serious yeah, he yeah. can't admit it because it's like that's why he puts her up at the he, he offers that little thing later he's like yeah i'll get you a nice apartment and yeah bad yeah. move Ooh. <laughs> she's like nope but yeah. very kind too i i like i like they could have went many directions and they started in a whole different direction i mean the end he's kicking her if the original script he's kicking her out of the car and throwing the money back at her or something like that uh very dark they don't end up together she dies. but he could does she die mm. in the end yeah okay Ugh. well that's not good um but i think they could have went in another direction he really could have been more of a jerk to her because she was just a prostitute but i think he really treated her with as far as i can remember um a lot of respect from the start right yeah he definitely does 
Yeah. He treats her like a lady. Yeah. yeah. So you weren't too uneasy going into the story about a right. prostitute. The other thing I like about it is the whole karma thing because they circle back, you know, the the clerks and the boutique who mistreated mm. her. And then, mm. you know, she comes back. So it checks that box too. Like the bully didn't win. She went back and, you know, big mistake. By the way, huge. How many times, <laughs> right? How many times do you do that going into a store and just getting just an inkling of pushback from someone? Yeah. And you just want to, you quote it. Everyone quotes mm-hmm. it. Just like the box. Everyone who has a box that does this does that if they have it in their hand and oh go reach for this ah, ha, ha. yeah um it's just such a quotable movie still after well geez 30 years my god i know don't say it <laughs> the, the box 32 was, years. Yeah, i'm sure you already know this ray it was a improvised moment yeah that's yeah. very cool and that's how he got her to laugh and the, the article i was reading was it was very hard to get her to genuinely laugh at anything mm-hmm. on cue that got her going. And then when she was watching I Love Lucy, Gary Marshall had to position himself behind her and tickle her feet to get her to laugh genuinely. Wow. Um, she, yeah, she just couldn't naturally do it. So that's there awesome. were a few tricks there, but it was Richard Gere in that moment. that um, and, and that's another moment, that sound. I mean, that, that whoa, or whatever she made, that's ingrained in our pop culture. Oh, when they're at the Derby? No, well, no, well, that, no, when to the, uh, with the, the box. Oh, just the thing, yeah. But the Derby, too, as well. I the mean, the Derby, too, though. Woo, woo, yeah. Woo. Like it was so awkward and yet so endearing. <laughs> and so, now, was that a reference to yeah. um, Arsenio Hall? Oh, perhaps, yeah, because that was around the same time. Remember he used to do that? Like yeah, he, that was the dog pounder. That, yeah. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. yeah. That necklace she wore, do you guys know how much it was worth? Uh, I know this, 250000 quarter of a million. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They said that there was somebody standing by. Like, that would make me so nervous if I was oh a God. 22-year-old actress that there was, like, somebody from the jewelry store standing by watching her at all times whenever it was on set. I thought wow. it was silly because, I mean, I don't know why the props why department bother? couldn't come up with something that looked, you know, looked like the jewelry. But they had right, to go, go get something that was expensive. And risk oh, losing. Ray, 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 you must have the real deal. Come on. <laughs> Julia Roberts can't wear cubic zirconias. <laughs> <laughs> but, but could you tell, though? Would you be able to tell? I would I know, probably not. Yeah. But she knew. Like so a, that's it's like method acting, right. I suppose. She needed the real yeah. deal. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> you know, and that red dress. Woo. Yeah. I get nervous when I buy a large screen TV. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like when it's a really big, like, oh boy, this is expensive. Yeah. Right. Never mind standing there with something that's quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to the shopping, how great yeah. is um, Hector yeah, Elizondo? I can't think of what his, his, his character name is right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was, uh, what was his name in it? Uh, Barney. Bar- Barnard Thompson, as he no, called himself. Barney, Barnard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I By mean, the way, he I, great. I might be wrong, but I think he has been in every Gary Marshall movie. I think that's one of his things. He's been featured really? in every one of Gary Marshall's movies, yeah. I think. Yeah, I know he's in um he's in Princess Diaries. They're very close. Yeah. With Julie Andrews, yeah. He is. Which Gary Marshall did as well. He always plays like the wise. You know what I mean? He's like the Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's like, yeah. teach yes. me. He's like the wise person kind of standing in the wings yeah. who picks up on things before the main stars do. Like, Hello, he's the Obi-Wan of romantic comedies. Yeah. But he could have been an evil person. 
Like yeah, a, he could have. I mean, someone who's in charge of a of a hotel yeah. in Beverly Hills is, you know, probably a stern business type that's not going to be very forgiving. Right, and he takes to to Vivian right away, and then the famous line when he when Richard Gere is giving him back the necklace, and he's like, "It's hard to." Give up something so beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> By the way, what's his name? Drove Miss Vivian home. Mm. <laughs> that was a great line. Now, did you watch it in the last like week or so? Like, or did you? Or you just? Um... Oh, for me, it's been about ten years, probably. For me, it's probably been a couple years. And, and you didn't watch it like recently, right? No. Okay. Did they change something? No. But if you get it on DVD, sometimes you end up getting the extended version and i prefer the one i ended up getting the other day i was very very excited it's the theatrical which i got used to and then all of a sudden this other one popped up and it makes no sense so there's a guy named carlos that is in the blue banana bar that her friend kit deluca um Mm -hmm. is you know like kind of he's a pimp basically and he is upstairs saying you know hanging out with them saying hey she only owes me two hundred dollars and uh you can work it off and and she's like no thanks and walks away you know you could tell obviously she's got standards and she's strong Mm -hmm. she goes outside in the extended version when she goes to give the directions and then jumps in the car as even this even in the theatrical version you see her turning around all right let's go let's go uh for the extended version he comes out and goes vivian I told you no dates tonight. And it makes no sense hmm. because he never said that. He said, you can work it off or whatever like that. But he never said, you're mine. Right. Right. So like that little extended part kind of makes zero sense. Like he, we never saw any aspect of her agreeing to, to be you know managed by him at all. So it was like, either way, it's not necessary. Sometimes less is more. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That would have complicated the story like... Like you said, you were confused. Well, who does she belong to? Is she dating mm-hmm. that guy? Why no dates? Doesn't he want the money? Right. It makes... It, it, she never agreed. In fact, they just had a conversation how they say, you know, we say who, we say how much. Yeah. You know, he'll run our lives, yeah. you know. So it's like all that, like, and then throwing that other piece in makes zero sense. I loved um, Laura San Giacomo in this too, yes. as Kit. I loved her. I thought she was so good. I loved her in Just Shoot Me after that, oh, yeah. in that series. I thought she was so good in that. But I just thought she was perfect casting for that too. And I had read that Demi Moore had turned that down, which I could I see can't that. imagine her in that role. No? But You know, when you come to think of it, she's very similar to her role in um, St. Elmo's oh. Fire, I think. Uh, Jules in Santa Almost Fire, yeah. Demi Moore. Yeah. I could see those That's two characters true. being related at least. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. But it's funny how many people passed on the roles. And then I think Julia, did Julia get an, she got an Oscar nomination for this. She didn't get the, she didn't get the Oscar. And I think did she, she got really? a nomination for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that says she a lot. She got a Golden Globe too. Okay. So you know that a lot of these actresses that had turned it down were kicking themselves afterward. But I can see like where they come from because around the table read, you'd be like, this sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And yet it worked so well. It's funny you say that because Christopher Reeve, legend has it, read, he went to the table read and whoever he was doing the read with was doing it so bad, he ripped it up and said, I'm done, I'm out of here. So mm-hmm. he was very close to being Richard Gere's role. Uh, but Molly Ringwald, she passed on the script because she thought it was too dark. Maybe she read the the original script. I'm not sure. Um, she was still having trouble getting out of the child 
years. This would have done it. I mean, we we can't imagine anyone else because we already know Julia Roberts and and Richard Gere as the main actors for this. But I wonder if you can blank all that out, if some of these actresses and actors could have done a good job. Um, Sylvester Stallone, I guess I could see it. I mean, he puts a suit on. He looks upscale. Tango and Cash, you know, he was the business guy cop. And um, I could see that kind of character going after maybe a little too um, gruff. I don't know. Yeah. Like not cerebral enough. Not like maybe in his head enough. Unfortunately, you look at Sylvester Stallone and he doesn't come off as intelligent, which he's very intelligent. He's very intelligent, but yes, it's not really yeah. the way he's been portrayed. Yeah, maybe no one else could have done it. <laughs> yeah, well, Richard's very sleek. Like, you know, yeah. he's got that look. So not only does he pull it off, but uh, as far as his voice, but it's also the... Um, just every aspect of him, it was... Per- chemistry is amazing. And, mm. and it's so important. So, like, I don't know, like, anybody else, any other sets of actors, this movie might not have lasted as long as it did in the theaters. It was the largest, to this day, I think it's still the largest rated R gross for Touchstone. Like, which for yeah, a romantic Disney. comedy. Yeah, it is. I mean, didn't she I immediately think... become America's Sweetheart? Isn't that mm-hmm. what was tagged yeah. because of this yeah. movie? Yeah. Because she was a hooker. Imagine that. There was a little <laughs> irony there. Like, <laughs> right. You play a hooker and you become America's sweetheart, which like. But she wasn't I, like Kit, though. Like, meaning Kit was right. more like, this is my career. This is what, this is my life. Correct. Yes, Julia or, or Vivian was embracing it, but not to the level of the other one. So like she could easily jump back and become the the person she wants to be you know what i mean like it mm. makes more right. sense that she's getting lifted up right yeah i think her and um kit it was kit right uh, yeah yeah i think they came from different worlds but found themselves and julie i i think vivian acted as an older sister to kit tried to keep her out of trouble watched over her i saw more of a sisterly relationship with the two of them mm-hmm. i don't think they found each other based on you know anything but the fact that they were both hookers. They probably didn't have a lot in common. But, you know, I would imagine you got to find somebody to watch your back and and then, you know, in turn, you watch their back in a situation like that and the two of them found each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that she's not, like, you know, the fact that you expect that there are drugs behind her back and this dental floss. I mean, it's, everyone laughs when they yeah. see that scene. You know, and it's, that's, is that, does that somebody, like, if you're thinking of a hooker, you think she's, really uh maintaining or you know grooming and and uh, her dental hygiene that's what i'm saying you know what i mean like do you think that's really being taken care of as as deep as julia was doing or as vivian was doing yeah she was very very aware of her personal hygiene Mm -hmm. and her looks and she was i wonder how long it took to shape that character you know at some point it must have been yeah she's down on her luck she's a little ratty and a little dirty but she came off in the end like she just stumbled upon this prostitution gig, did it for one night, or maybe she was researching a role. She's an actress researching a role, mm. um, but she did not come off as a street prostitute right? in right. Hollywood. Were they in Hollywood? Yes. Maybe? Yep. North Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she just didn't come off that way. So she was very, she was sparkly clean, a little too clean than I think what we would uh, imagine a street hooker to be. Prostitute. This is difference, right? Hooker, prostitute. I think the 
No, I think they're kind of the same. You're supposed to call them prostitutes. Streetwalkers? No. What are we not not using these days? I don't think streetwalkers. That's not it. Uh, Lady of the night. Sex worker? (laughs) I think sex worker is, is a current term. Do you think this inspired a lot of prostitutes to walk in Vivian's footsteps? Perhaps take that ride in the Lamborghini? looking well, for that story I wonder. yeah i wonder if it glorifies prostitution like hey kids you can do this and you're going to end up with this ending right which you know is not at all plausible so oh. but i think most people i think it's a stretch i think most people no would see that this is i would say and they no. did show the seedy side of it they did show the dangers right they, they talked yeah. about the the hank area is the cop at the beginning and he's saying yeah. we got people we got get, tourists photographing the body you know like because there's a dead person in the alley they address the fact that someone you know there, there's a crack problem uh people are dying so it's even though they don't harp on it they don't stay on it they do put it there so it's not like the glamorous life of a prostitute right. <laughs> you know I mean? like right. they're not sitting around making it like a wonderful thing in fact when she right. after she gets her money and goes home and she's dressed better uh she says no i can't do this anymore like you know what i mean i've already seen a little bit of a better life i'm gonna go to san francisco and right take care of you know try to get out of this so did she ever talk about what she wanted to do what her life goals were i don't remember any dialogue like, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a vet. Yeah. I feel like they had an, a conversation, her and Kit, in the apartment. And she was, like, waiting for a bus. And then didn't she give Kit all the money? I think she gave her some. I, I, think, she gave, I think she gave her some. I think she gave Kit the money that Richard Gere had given her. Some of the money. Mm. I think she left some of it for Richard Gere. And then she took some and she gave her the money. And she, I thought she said, because she said, what are you going to do? And I think she said something about what her plans were. But mm. I can't recall. I just saw it the other day, and I, I still don't. That's uh, still drawing a blank on me, so don't feel bad. Yeah, maybe they didn't when mention did it, watch, which like, seems odd to me. What's that? Did you just watch it this week? I watched it two days ago. Yeah, just for yeah. a refresher in case it was like, or if there's something else. Like Sometimes when I watch it, I can do a movie like this without watching it. I've done it a couple times. I do prefer not to because like, um, I like to watch it with the eyes of what I'm doing today. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. oh, like... Yeah. Uh, I thought about that or never um, noticed this one thing because I'm looking at it more intently. Yeah, you're critiquing it a little bit more. Yeah. Like also like... It's hard to critique when you still have that image and the critics' reviews in your head and how wonderful it was. But, you know, today, and I'm sure we'll get to this again, does it hold up? Mm -hmm. That's that's the big question. That's what you would watch for now. Right. Right. And there's obviously like, you know, there's moments that it may bring you down, which is very rare. Um, it, it, like, you know, like the Stucky thing, you know, like Jason Alexander, when he when yeah. he hits her and, and treats her like a hooker, you know what I mean? The way he talks to her, you can tell he's obviously a scum. And, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't like keep you there. It's not like you got to sit there for 10 minutes and no. watch her suffer. No. And I mean, what's more relatable than the bathtub scene when she's singing really badly to, and she's got the headphones in and <laughs> i mean I, you see that and it's relatable we've all been there well you hear she, you hear princess song kiss and that's i mean at least for me that's what comes up is that scene and the way yeah. she's singing it and the way she's singing it she's completely out of key, off key and <laughs> out of tune and it's adorable 
She's, and then when they bargain back and forth for whatever the price is that she's going to stay for the week. Although I read that they were going to call the movie that. They were going to call it 3000 mm-hmm. That's weird. $3,000. Isn't that weird? It's one of the worst movie titles I've ever heard. Who is like a movie called $3,000? Ouch. Okay. <laughs> well, that's why I'm glad yeah. like, you know, some the right people got involved and and I think yeah. Gary Marshall really uh, just like sealed all the deals though. Like, you know, I mean, he made it he tied it up in all like a, a perfect bow. Oh, he's Mr. Romantic Comedy, and I, I'd like to see, and I'm sure I could look, I have IMDb here right right now. I'd like to see what he did up until that point. I know he did um, A League of Their Own, which wasn't a romantic comedy. I think but, Penny did that. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. He was in it, um, probably produced it or something. But yeah, he. I know he's uh, known for his romantic comedies. Well, he did The years. Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley well, yeah, sitcoms. I know, like you were talking movies, but um, what a uh, what a transformation too from TV to to film with that guy. The whole family, really. Mm. He was he was legend. It's like you know what it is. It's almost like um, Sue. Are you familiar with Cobra Kai? Have you seen it? <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I have not seen it, but my co-host David O'Leary is obsessed mm, with it. So good, smart man. He's obsessed. With <laughs> it. Well, uh, <laughs> there's there's three producers, three showrunners, and they are fans so oh, they yeah. built this show as fans so they care about what the fans care about and they like so they as you're watching it you're like oh thank god oh look at this this person came from nowhere um they, they bring back almost everybody from the past well ralph macchio and and billy zapkis zapka zapka are both producers yeah. or maybe executives right and um will smith as well he's involved right so these are people that grew up with it and absolutely loved it and wanted to continue the story and i think that's what makes it so good right so that's like what i'm saying is um gary marshall i think you know has a, a vision like he's he's putting stuff together as like someone who actually cares a lot like you know so that it mm-hmm. shows up uh, some people and he collaborates with the same people from movie to movie for the most part so now you have a family that's all invested in one idea and i think that brings a lot of love to the table hmm. do we want to talk about milk money does anybody remember that movie not to go to another movie yeah I remember. but that was another movie with the hooker with a heart of gold no ed, i don't think i saw that who's ed in that? Harris. ed harris melanie griffith and she oh, plays a hooker and ed harris's kid takes his milk money and goes and hires a hooker to pretend to be his girlfriend so he doesn't even know it's a hooker and they fall in love but it's 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 almost and that came out in 94 so that's years later but it's almost like we need another pretty woman what can we do and they kind of ripped the idea off a bit changed a lot obviously but i don't think and it worked it was a decent movie but i don't think we've seen a move a romantic comedy about hookers uh since um, so we had those two, and I don't know if the one thing that was I enough. remember is that Ed Harris comes home, sees the girl in his in his in his house, and the dad and the son goes, "Dad, it's a girl," <laughs> and then he says it in such a manner that it's a cute yeah, movie. I, it's funny. That's funny. I haven't seen it in like probably since '94, but uh, yeah. Now, that might be a good one to well, do. Well, you know, the thing about this, like, movies that you know have staying power is that if you pick up the movie, if you're, like, looking for a movie or whatever, if you pick up a movie like Pretty Woman even halfway through or three quarters of the way through, you're going to stay with it till the end. Even though I've seen it probably 20 times. Mm, yeah. It's the same thing how I feel about Dirty Dancing, how I feel about, like, a bunch of different movies where no matter when I pick them up, I'm going to stay with it just because they're just that. I don't know. Maybe it's because they're so familiar. And they make you feel good. 
Because right now we all need that. Right. It's a movie you can have yeah. on in the background while you're cleaning the house and and just yeah. hearing it in the background, you're envisioning the scenes because it's so ingrained. And yeah. even the, the, the moments, there's moments that really pay off all the time. Like, you know, I liked it so much I nearly peed my pants. And then like, you know, <laughs> she liked Oh, the opera? Yeah. She liked it as much as uh, Pirates of Penzance. When she was trying to, with the goggles, mm. the, the things, and she was trying to open them and you just see so her So innocent. Awkwardly. So innocent, and she just yeah. played that so well. Mm. For a prostitute, she was yeah. so innocent. Yeah, just a, I think it's a great, well-rounded character. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like too the whole symbolism of the kissing. Like Kid had said, you don't kiss anybody on the mouth, and blah blah blah. Oh, and yeah. then finally, when you see them do that, you know that's sort of the turning point, at least for her. As you said, Ray, I think he had fallen for her well before that but it's mm. like that's when you sort of know that she turned the corner too yep there's Agreed. yeah i mean there's so much with that uh, um with the fact that she says that i never kiss on the mouth he and he also says neither do i which is pretty funny because he's not a <laughs> prostitute <laughs> right <laughs> like, like, how many girls did he have how many wives or whatever he's not intimidated by who she is as well he's not secretive he's not really hiding her uh hector alonzo knows to be discreet Yes. Um, it's just that world, I guess. It's Edward's world. But I do like the fact that he's he's never nervous around her. He gets more nervous the more he's into her. But treating but her... But he's never ashamed of her. No, no, not at and all. That's that's the key, I think. He's never... Never makes her feel small. Right. Yeah, well, except yeah. for when he wants to put her up in the apartment. Well, yeah. <laughs> then she's like, I don't think he even intends no. to do that, though. He's he's not he's not being smart there. Like, you know what I mean, I think he's he's actually dropping the ball. I don't think he means to be the like the the way she's taking it. She's taking it obviously the right way, it, the way she should take it. I mm. think he's screwing up, not realizing that he's he's screwing up. I don't think he's doing it with like, right. with ill will. Right. And I'm not sure that he, he believed at that point that she wanted to get out of the business. So he, but he wanted to continue to see her. So that was a way for him to continue to see her because she hadn't said, I want out. He wanted to protect her too from having to go to the streets to go make the money. Yeah. But, but really keeping her on as an employee. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But not realizing that's, that's a really bad way to go about it, man. Right. (laughs) But I think his heart was in the right place. So you can, every, the fans can forgive him and you're sort of like, well, he, he didn't mean it the way that she took it. Um, right. Well, it's also it sets it sets up the point where she explains what the fairy tale is that she wants, which pays off at the end. Obviously, when he comes up with the limo, you know, like with the the umbrella and the, the flowers. Without him screwing up, she probably doesn't utter the words that she really wants. Correct. You know, so they, it's very important that he makes this mistake. Because then she tells him, I want the fairy tale. Right. Mm. And I think she had to leave for him to appreciate how much he cared about her. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, let's also get back to the, I think, I think it's such a wonderful moment when he, you, you could tell throughout the, the film, he is starting to soften what he does now, what he does, if, if ever, anybody's out there that's under a rock that has not seen this film, uh, he basically takes apart companies and buys companies, takes them apart and sells them off piece by piece and makes a profit. Now, you keep meeting this one old man and his son or his grandson, and 
you get to learn that that's the company he wants to buy. And at the end, you could tell, I mean, what a great moment is that he kicks everybody else out of the room and he says, my interest in your company have changed. I now want to help you. Mm-hmm. It's such mm. a chemo. It's such a great moment for him, which mm-hmm. probably never would have happened had he not been with her. Right. 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 That's the whole they save each other because everybody thinks, oh, he's the knight in shining armor, who, but she saves him. He's very stiff. He's very sort of unemotional in the beginning, and he's very, he's a workaholic, and he's just obsessed with money and all of that. And she, like, shows him how to actually just live right, um, mm-hmm. and be happy and, and have relationships. And I think that he, um, yeah, that's the turning point for him. And halfway through, he explained also uh, something that, sound like a wonderful fantasy because his father was such a jerk mm. when he tells the story about how he bought the the third company he bought belonged to his father because, oh, yeah. but you know he also described right. his father being you know like taking all the money away from the mother yeah. and, and leaving her yeah. high and dry yeah so like you know he we all say like oh good for you but deep down it's a vindictive type of business that he's in mm-hmm. i mean mm. look at the way jason alex yes, lonely exactly like if you're just um yeah, <laughs> it's like one of those moments we just we just saw uh, Ray's uh, son. Yeah, son, in the background. yeah, my son Jack um, in the background give like a thumbs up. Couldn't help himself. Hey, I told everybody to stay away from me, but he couldn't help That's himself. Right. Oh, it always happens to me. Somebody comes downstairs. I'm in my basement, but and I also have a, a labradoodle upstairs that I'm sure will start barking any minute. But <laughs> sometimes, if my son knows I'm down here, we hear a, a, a giant tug on the door. Uh, like you know daddy <laughs> <laughs> so we and we got a visit from your son on my last uh, right? episode with you yeah, guys yeah my son's we did clue six. and he came down and what did he recite that night oh he knows the um it was a definition uh, if you, if, you, if you say the word nickelodeon to google it'll say according to wikipedia oh, yeah, and yeah. then That's it'll right. give you like a big long <laughs> explanation cute. on what nickelodeon is and he knows it like verbatim pretty much no sir how old is he <laughs> 6 <laughs> Oh, you guys have little ones. Uh, well, I have I, both. I got a... Little and big. 25, 14, and 11. Mine's oh, wow. Six it's and 17. Place, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my uh, my 25-year-old's in Hollywood right now. He's actually in North Hollywood. He's looking for his Vivian, I think. Is he trying to be an actor? <laughs> uh, no, he's he's a musician. He went out there to um, get in the movie business, but now he's he's found his music roots again. So he's a musician out oh. there. Good for him. But he's on the streets. He's on the same streets uh, Vivian used to roam. Yep. But is he making? He's making it as a musician, or does he do it? He's um. Well, he just got out there like a year and a half yeah. ago, and the music thing just started picking up about eight months ago. Yeah. But he's um. He's getting gigs and Good he's recording music and he's doing what he loves and that's all uh, that matters. Yeah, that is. Yeah, well, you know that guy at the beginning of the movie is yelling. Uh, you know, what's your dream? What's your dream? He's he went out there, found his dream. I love that part, by the way. I've been to L.A. and I've stood on the street and I have recited that. Oh, that's What's cool. your dream thing? Now <laughs> you gotta do it. And when you're young, is the time to do it. You know, if he doesn't do it now, absolutely. You, I mean, that's what I tell him. They also have him at the end when she after she um, you know after is he the after, oh that's right he's saying the same right. thing right now Richard Gere shows up. Uh, That's to, right. You know, he shows up in the limo playing the song from the opera that that, that they went to. Yes. And Did you know the opera was about a millionaire who falls in love with a hooker? No. Yes. No. You see that? 
Yeah. Wow. Gary Marshall put That's that cool in there. Tidbit. They said he it was Traviazza or something like that. And it said the storyline was the same. It mimicked the plot. Wow. Line. That is wow. Did you know that Richard Gere playing the piano was his own composition? Wow. Richard Gere wrote that little ditty that he played on the piano. And he played the piano himself. Mm-hmm. Wow. He played it himself and that was his song. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, I have one other tidbit. I love tidbits. Um, Julia Roberts, when she goes underwater in the tub, her hair was dyed red <laughs> and they said there was so much soap to make the bubbles, you know, really dramatic in the tub that it took all the hair dye out of her hair and they had to re-dye her hair that night because the water turned red. She had like really pretty red hair, I think, didn't she? Brownish red. She did, yeah. And I wow. think she was known for having red hair and she didn't even have red hair after no. that movie. Everyone expected to see right. her as a redhead. Mm-hmm. And to expand on that, when she went under at one point, the crew left the room. Did you hear that? No. They played a joke on her and she went under the water and then she's holding her breath and she finally comes up like, what's going on? Nobody pulled they were me gone. up or told me to come up and all gone. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think they had fun on yeah. that movie. I think I it shines through. How much she made to do that movie? I'd love to know. Oh, that's a good question. Versus him being brand right. Well, being brand new, probably right. not much. He was the get right. for that. Yeah, I'd love to know what oh. they made. And in the long run, she made a lot of money mm-hmm. from that movie. <laughs> well, the last thing I think um, you had mentioned how the 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 guy you know, welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? Now he yeah. says that after they're kissing on the fire escape, after you know, like he climbs halfway up because he's afraid of heights. So like she comes with you know back down, and <laughs> it's a, it's a great moment. And they end with him doing that, and they go with the song "Pretty Woman" again, which they featured all the way halfway through. Mm-hmm. I think they should have gone with "King of Wishful Thinking" or something like that. Like instead, like I think because that's how they began the film. Kind of, I don't know. It's like I thought yeah. it would have been a better bookend, but yeah, whatever. Just, just my my little nitpick. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll ask you to do the recut. Like you could do I a director. I am cut, the new director, even though you weren't the director. Yeah. But yeah, the the, <laughs> the the crazy new director guy. <laughs> Uh, who the is this cut. guy? I think movies should do that. They should do a fan cut. They'll give you everything that uh, they had available to them, let you go in the editing suite for three days. And you can make your own mm-hmm. Pretty Woman and end it mm-hmm. with that song. I'd watch it, mm-hmm. Jay. But just Yeah, just my I'd version. I'd watch it. <laughs> it's just, yes. Well, at least Ray likes it. <laughs> but it's not the only thing you would change. If you could change anything, would that be the only thing you would change? Probably. I mean, I really love the movie. I'm, and you're going to find out in a minute. I'm going to play. I'm going to do Final Judgment. You guys ready? <laughs> it's time now for Final Judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the Final Judgment. Eh, don't feel bad. We're talking about hookers. You know what I mean? <laughs> what children are listening? You know what I mean? <laughs> if they are, I'm sorry. All right. You know what? Let's go with uh, let's go with Sue on this one. How how, how else do you how well do you think this uh, movie holds up? Even though kind of we already we already know the answer to that. Yeah, you know the answer to that. It's a thumbs up for me. I think it held up as well as any romantic comedy of that time could hold up, and it's still relevant now. And it's been thirty two years. Wow. There's not many movies thirty two years later that you're not like mm, cheesy, whatever. It's not. No, I think you could sell it to it. anyone. Like this day and age, you could probably sell it to almost anybody, and they'd 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 have fun with it. Yeah, hundred percent. Ray, I don't think you could sell it to anybody under thirty years old. I think they would 
especially kids today. Kids today, listen to me. Kids today. I don't know if... Me? I love the movie. I think it's great. I think anybody our age is going to, you know, remember it fondly. But we're talking about a movie, a romantic comedy about a hooker. And I think anybody who is woke these days wouldn't appreciate it the way we appreciate it. I think it would be, this movie is about a hooker and a, and a what? This is, this is what we're watching tonight. I don't, I don't know. I don't think my kids would get it when well, they're young, but I don't know. So as far as it holding up, not sure if it holds up in today's world. I love it. People I know love it. We will always watch it and remember it fondly, but I don't know if it holds up to today's generation well, then again this generation is what tiktok generation that like they have attention spans of that's what i mean yeah well my kids seconds. don't even watch movies <laughs> my, my yeah my daughter she can't sit down and watch a movie she watches 30 second you know, you're right videos. the attention span um, is so shortened from all the kids now yeah that but i find somebody somebody was gonna be offended by this and i don't know why but i just get that feeling i you feel know what, like though, they're offended by uh, everything to counter that a little I, there are I know. I brought everybody. No, 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 no. no, no. no but it's a, it's a, it's a good point. The, the whole, you know. Yeah. To counter that a little, it's not like there aren't any hookers today. Like you know what I mean? Like there, there. No, there there's are. not. You know what I mean? Like. But I, I would. You know what it is? I think people. I think the the young generation would feel sorry for Vivian right out of the gate, and they'd want to. I, I don't think they would look at her in her profession as something to a base entertainment around. Mm. Yeah. That's all. I don't know if you could remake that movie right. today. Well, because you probably have people that would say she shouldn't rely on him to better her life. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That she should pull herself out herself and and not rely on him to do that. So you might have that. Yeah. We're supposed to unplug our brains when we watch movies Suspension like this. And of I don't, disbelief. I think, Isn't that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. And I think some some people have a hard time suspending yeah. disbelief. The, all right, so I'll, I'll take my turn. I, I would say... Along to what we're talking about here, though, an aspect of anybody who would have a problem with the position she's in or having to rely on him, it's only partial on the financial aspect. He also needs her to save him. For, if, if, if it was just a one-sided thing where he educated her and mm. just gave her money and, and everything was, okay, now I've saved you, boom. Like, if that was the end, that would be brutal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that would be the worst. But the the fact is that, you know, even she, um, I know it's been a while since you've seen it, but the interaction on the fire escape, he says, so what happens after he saves her? She saves him right back, yeah. she says. And then yeah. they start kissing. You yeah. know what I mean? And then pretty woman starts. The up. only problem is if you're sitting down with a 25 year old every 15 minutes, you have to say, just give it some more right. time. Give it more time. It's going to turn around. It's going to, no, right. trust me. So to get to get them to that hour and forty five minutes might be a right. little tough. <laughs> but it's funny because I it goes against every like I went to an all women's college. I went to Smith College, and I have two daughters who are in their twenties, and yet I still love it, even though it has all of this whole like him kind of swooping and saving her because of what you just said, Jay. Because of the whole, it's really mutual in the end because mm-hmm. she brings him. She, I think she moves him way further than he moves her actually now did you mm-hmm. uh, both see it in the theater yeah yeah I did it was probably a date yeah I saw it three times in the theater did, three times did, now why you had a crush on Julia Roberts let's be honest no it wasn't just that it was that was that was that was there I was uh, 17 
it was just every aspect of it. Like I said, like, like it was spring when it came out, like March. So that gave you the summer feel. Like, you like, it just, I felt like it was like, there was just so much about it. And the idea of, I'm, I'm not like a business guy or anything like that. It's not like, you know, so it's, it's sometimes people will live a life on a movie that is like, there's no way on God's green earth I could ever do that. But how cool would it be to go done? And like, you know what I mean? Like if somebody said like, oh, you know, you couldn't afford that. Try me. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, and right. to be able to do that the way he did it. I don't know. There's just, and like the way he helps out the old guy, you know what I mean? Even the old guy says, you know, I find this hard to uh, say without sounding condescending, but I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and puts his, and, which is really, if you think about it, it's kind of like a little father-son thing, which he never had. Mm. You know, yeah. there's so much to it that it's just a feel-good film. Yeah. And every once in a while, a, a movie will hit me just right, like at the yeah. right time. Even you know, the relationship between Julia Roberts and Hector Elizondo. What's Hector's name again in the movie? Uh, Barney. Barney. They have such a special relationship, which is... Father-daughter, almost. Yeah. And yeah. in the end, doesn't he say, like, you're welcome here anytime? Yeah. Which, at the beginning, he said, at the beginning, he said, I will not see you at the end. Uh, like, once he <laughs> leaves, you will not return to this establishment. And, Correct. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a 180 right there. Yeah. But I, I do appreciate... I appreciate the fact that he was kind about it. He he wasn't. It didn't take him long you know, to the be jerk kind. He either. could have been. Maybe no, he, but even when he told her she couldn't come back, it was very respectful. Sure, right. And he gave her the. Yeah. Remember, she starts crying, and he gives her the handkerchief, and she starts blowing her <laughs> nose in it. <laughs> improvised. Was that it? was improvised. No by kidding. The way. It yeah. Was? Yeah. She did. She just grabbed it and did it, and then she was worried it wouldn't make the final cut because she didn't think it was that funny. But a very memorable moment. And he also says, uh, like, she shows up with the dress. And, but she's wearing the the prostitute outfit, and he goes, <laughs> she's like Barney. He's like, it didn't fit. No, no, it was great. But I, and then she panics about not knowing what forks to use. So he's like giving her a lesson <laughs> yeah. in the dining room. It's just phenomenal. Like it's all yeah. around, minus the Jason Alexander character. <laughs> you know, it's an all around feel good film. Right. So like I walked Let me out ask of you guys something Jason really. Ale- hmm. Oops, sorry. No, go ahead, Sue. The Jason Alexander character, though, has a role because him being so nasty and then him coming in and firing his longtime lawyer who had been his lawyer for, you know, like 20 years or whatever. Um, his friend, his business partner, you know, showed how much he cared for her. Mm-hmm. It was another thing that showed that he had really fallen for her because he just fired him on the spot. You touch her, you're gone. Mm. So I think it just it, it it's underscored the seriousness of their relationship so and i'm glad they didn't they didn't do too much with that which was good like you said they just kind of swooped in and swooped out with that they had to address it i think yeah yeah what do you do you guys think that vivian and edward stood the test of time 30 years later uh you mean just as far as what like are they still together oh, oh. would they still oh, be together me yeah. for a second yeah. i was like yeah i thought the oh, movie sorry. was great like <laughs> i thought yeah. it lasted um i'm gonna say they're still together I'm going yeah. with the glass half full. Oh yeah. How many kids? A lot of kids, right? Uh Edward's still having them. He's an old dad, but I think they popped out one out one recently, I think. <laughs> and he's like, What are you doing to me? Seven kids, yeah. I bet. Charlie Chaplin. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. say three. Three? Okay. I like that too. And they, in the country, you think they're living in the country? Somewhere like in Connecticut? <laughs> Maybe he still works in the city. I was thinking. But he still works in New, in New York, yes. Yeah, okay. 
They're living in a suburb. Yep. I love it. Or, That's or great. the cliff. Good for the them. cliffs on the cliffs of uh, California. You know, like you know, the, as you're driving along, you get the the cliffs yeah. overlooking the ocean there. Oh, that's right. It's set in uh, California. I like the idea of Connecticut. He he moved to New York. Now he yeah. runs companies, doesn't destroy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and like they like that. the seasons, by the way, too. They they discovered the seasons, so they wanted to be yeah, they gotta live, closer to New yeah. England. They have to live in the suburbs because all the kids have Lotus Esprits. <laughs> and she is like an artist or something like that where she can be sort of present for all the kids but have her own thing too maybe she, she has pro- her own studio she probably owns her own boutique too clothing yeah. boutique yeah and she, and everybody's welcome in her boutique right. yes yeah <laughs> that's great we, we need to write the sequel what are we doing right <laughs> i like the clothing boutique yeah that that would be cool that comes full circle i like that yeah. They said, by the way, they would never do a sequel unless the three of them were a part of it and we lost Gary Marshall, so probably oh, won't just, see a sequel. Uh, no, I'm very sorry that he's gone. He, he's a loss, big loss. I'm thankful. Mm. Sequels are sometimes wonderful, but this didn't, don't touch it. It's no. it's, it's by no. itself. No. Yeah, and what, I mean, what is, she, what is she thinking about going back to prostitution? So that's the sequel. No, I hate it, sequels it with, with stuff like that. When <laughs> things are perfect, things were perfect, leave right. it alone. Yeah. Because a lot of times yeah. in the sequel, I've, I've mentioned this before, they got to do this thing where they're no longer together and they got to sort of find each other and get back together. It's like, oh, come on, don't do this. Like, Right. Yeah. So, But they also just didn't leave anything dangling. They put a period on everything. Uh, yeah. And yeah. it was wrapped up and there was really nothing else that we needed to know. I mean, I didn't walk away from the movie thinking, oh, I wonder how this turned out or what happened to that one. Like, you were satisfied when you leave and so i think that's mm-hmm. a big piece of it too like no sequel no 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 i mean like some some sequels are good but this is this was so no. not necessary so like thank you right. for never doing that because it kind of <laughs> takes away from the first one somewhat a little like you, you know what yeah. i mean or you have to like ignore se- it you have to say oh no well forget that stupid thing that they did with the story <laughs> i am right. stopping with the beginning <laughs> you know what I mean? i'm a purist yeah <laughs> you know some sequels are good, and some sequels are Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. That's right. <laughs> so, which is a movie we've done in the past, which is just um, bad but good. None of us like that, yeah. But, but it's a great episode. The bad, mo- the bad yes. movies are wonderful episodes sometimes. So, yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you can go to town on some of those. Right. <laughs> I always say they're hard to watch but fun to destroy. Mm-hmm. So, listen, both of you, thank you, Sue. Um, it's it's been a pleasure and Ray uh, Sue you want to plug thank you sir uh, what, what you do again just to remind the, the audience uh, where to find you listen to you oh yes so I uh, co-host Morning Magic on Magic 106.7 you can hear us every morning from 5.30 to 10 a.m. awesome and yeah. thanks to Modern Tech you don't have to live in uh, in the in nearby area you could you could uh, you could check her out on stream you know what I mean oh yeah mm. that's a wonderful thing and Ray doing the uh 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. on my FM in the morning and my FM 101.3 in Milford. It's probably the first time that two radio people have been comfortable enough sharing the same mic and screen together. So I applaud <laughs> Sue for that. I do. It's usually I a. I love uh, my fellow radio people. Yes, I do too. I just know so many to be like, I'm not, I'm not a competition. Oh God, no. There is no more competition. But stream me and stream Sue, and you can find That's like you said, Jay. That's the wonderful thing about technology is that we're everywhere. Yep. And then, uh, real quick, the New England Legends podcast with Jeff Belanger. Um, we're on episode 
236. Wow. What? And that's 236 straight weeks, by the what? way. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, it's been something. Four years now. Wow. We hit. Good we just recently had a, a million downloads recently, wow. which I don't know what that means. I really don't. It's it's a small number, really, but it's it's like mid-level podcast stuff. It means monetize, monetize, <laughs> I monetize. Know, right? I know. I don't know how to do That's any of that wonderful. stuff. That's wonderful. That is so great. That's a really oh. big accomplishment. It takes, I mean, as you guys know, there's, you know, there's something to putting a podcast together yeah. and doing it well. Chris and Jay do it so well. And the fact that they incorporate this so we can all see each other right. on the video and um, just uh, the movies that they choose. And the fact that they let us choose the movies from time to time is is great. I love this podcast. Nice job, yeah. Thank Jay you. and Chris. It is. A, it's really really fun. It's fun to be on. It's fun to listen to. So yeah. Um, now I'm going to go back and listen to more episodes because I've only listened to all of your recent ones, but I need to go back and, and listen to more because they're really fun to listen Thank to. Thank you. Um, yeah. No, yeah. It, and you always find out the little tidbits that you maybe didn't know. I love I it. I can't for that. It's it's a lot of fun to look at yeah. look at those little things, but. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it's so much fun. Uh, thank you guys for being here. And uh, so uh, next week we're doing a complete 180. Doug Palmieri, and he is going to be um, he is going to be doing the movie from dusk till dawn with us. So that yeah, that's oh. a, it's. So I saw that in the theater for the uh, like the opening weekend, and I had no idea what was happening in the middle. I saw it as just a heist, Quentin Tarantino heist movie type mm-hmm. thing. George Clooney with the haircut and the neck tattoo. I'm like, I'm in. So at that point, nobody knew what the twist was. That was like a major twist in that movie. It it was wacky. <laughs> I have a, yeah. I, I have yeah. a, I'm going to save uh, my story for that episode. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. and I'll, There'll be a lot to unpack, as they say, with <laughs> yeah. that one. So, yeah. like, it's a total different, uh, total departure from this type. Um, but that's what I love about this show. It's all over the place and that we, we aim to do yeah. that. Um, we don't want to stick with one thing. Um, and that's a lot of times why I, I ask the guests to pick, because then it's not the fanboy in any way uh, coming out of either Chris or I. So it's a lot of fun. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Boom, cricket, chirp about moon.